Are you guys excited about the Word of God this morning? One question. Did you come expecting a word from God today? Because if you expect a word from me, I'm going to let you down every time. But if I allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me, I can promise you, you will get a word from the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, go with me now to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 through 9. And before we get there, I want to speak just a little bit prior to that. But this morning, I personally feel that we're going to be looking at some of the most underestimated underrated, overlooked scriptures in the entire Bible. In fact, I'm completely amazed that over all the years that I've been preaching, the few times that I've heard these scriptures, and the reason that I'm amazed is simply because how powerful they really are. I'm reminded of Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29, where God says that it's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rock to pieces. We know that fire consumes and we know that the power of the hammer has the power to break the things in your life. And so hopefully today we can all leave here with some new revelations from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us in John 14 and 26, He said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said. Are you with me so far? And so today we will see that God's promises through these scriptures, this text will teach us that we can learn to be effective and not unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you can simply know the Word of God from top to bottom, front to back, but if you never apply what you know, it will never do anyone any good. Can I get an amen? I think it was Solomon who teaches us in Proverbs 27 and 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. In other words, that's the individual, that's the man or the woman of God who takes the word of God, what they have learned over the years, and they don't just keep it to themselves. But, but they leave church, they leave their homes in their prayer time, and they, they, they share what God has given them in their own life. Because you're not the only one today that is going through a storm. And I can promise you, the majority of the people around us today are dealing in a storm. And, and the word that God gives you, even today, in this message, you can use it to help someone who's going through their own personal storms. I like the words that Solomon writes in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. The Bible said that for the Lord gives wisdom. Everybody said the Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Understand that, that knowledge, knowledge would tell you that drugs, Alcohol and whatever else is bad for you can possibly kill you in the long run. But what you have to understand, it takes wisdom to apply what you know in order to live. In other words, it takes wisdom to walk away from those things that are destroying your life. You can have all the knowledge in the world about something, 
But until you walk away from it, you cannot live. Are you with me so far? The Bible tells us in James 1 and 22, James says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. He says, Do what it says. In fact, this morning when I was sitting up here going through my notes, he reminded me of James 4 and 17, which says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, he sins. And so when you know what you're called to do, and you're not laying your life down to accomplish it, you're actually walking in sin because you're rejecting what you know is wisdom. Are you with me so far? I'm reminded this morning of a unique time when Christ, he has spoken on this earth, and he was leaving the place that he was preaching, and it's found in Luke 11 and 27, I think. The Bible says that, that a woman in a crowd she shouted out to Jesus. She said, blessed is the, the mother who gave you birth and blessed is the mother who nursed you. But Jesus turned to the woman and he said these words. He said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. In other words, yeah, my mom was a blessed woman. She'll always be blessed. But you can be just as blessed if you'll listen to what I'm teaching in the scriptures and walk away and apply them in your life. Are you with me so far? Let's all stand this morning for the reading of our text now. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. That was a pretty good introduction. Amen. Got your place, say amen. Now listen carefully. The Bible says His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and goodness. And through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil des desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and the knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and the perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Let us pray. Holy Father, your word is phenomenal. I'm overwhelmed every time I read these passages of scriptures here, Lord, because even reading these right now, Lord, revelations begin to flow in my spirit. Oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we believe by faith that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh God, we believe that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the creator of all things. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And Lord, with you, we can have all things, but without you, God, we have nothing. 
You hold our breath in your hands. We believe by faith, God, that you will send forth your word today in this service, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would fall fresh upon my lips of clay. I pray that today, God, that you would open the ears of your people, open the eyes of your people, open the minds of your people. And Lord, if there's someone here today who does not know you personally as their Lord and Savior, they may know about you, God, but today I pray that they will leave here knowing that they have met the Savior of the world and that you would change your life forever, God. I pray that you would speak through these lips of clay, Lord, and hide your servant behind the cross that no flesh may boast before you. Now, Lord, have your way. Move by your power and anointing and bless this service in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. I have to close those doors back there. That, that completely drives me crazy. I don't want the devil to sneak up on me anyway. And when my eyes are not looking at a doorway, I'm always worried, is he going to come through there and try to get me from the backside? So if you go through them doors, you close it. Don't let the devil in on me. Hallelujah. Now, this may take me a couple weeks, maybe three weeks to go over what we've read this morning, but, but I believe that we need to start, first of all, with the title of our sermon this morning. And I want you to write this down. Our title this morning is, Through These and Through Them. Everybody say, Through These and Through Them. This is a recipe, guys. This is what it takes to win the victory that we're, we're in right now, this victory called life. We have, to have, we have to have a good foundation. And these verses today are going to build you up, going to help you become the man and woman of God you desire to be. Now, let's look in John 10 and 9. This is a good place to start because this is, this is kind of like a highlight of what we're going to be looking at today. John 10 and 9, Jesus says these words. He says, I am the gate. Everybody said, he's the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pastors. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, listen, there's no any other way into heaven but by me. Because I'm the gate. If you're going to get in these pastures, you got to come through me. I'm the gate. But, but what we need to understand is that what Jesus is saying is that on the other side of me, when you come through me, when you walk through me, when you go through me, the doorway, the gate, on the other side is, is green pastures. We know the Bible says in Psalms 23 that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not because he maketh me lie down in green pastures and he'll lead me beside still waters. And what Jesus is saying through me, through my gateway, through my doorway, on the other side are revelations, supernatural revelations that will grow you spiritually. Me and Roger was just talking earlier about spiritual Growth, And I was talking about how high the weeds had grown in over a year's time from me being there last year. And, and I said, you know what? I wish I need to grow in the same way. 
I, I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be the same. I don't want you guys to leave here the same way you came. If you're only this tall, if I can get this much growth in your life today, I, I've done my job because my job is to feed God's sheep. And so what I'm doing, I'm leading you through the power of the Holy Spirit into greener pastures. Let me share something with you this week. This week, it, it was Tuesday, we had all our family over. We had uh, Kristen's dad and her stepmom and had my nephew and nieces. And so we had a baby, uh, baby goat out there, so we went out to feed the goat because the mama didn't want it. So we're out there feeding the goat, but on the way back, I decided, you know what, I'm going to show these kids something. They're, they're city kids. They don't know nothing about country. And so I said, I'm going to show these kids something they've never seen. And so I took them in my backyard, and we went all around, and I started showing them certain plants that were edible. I showed them like five or six different plants that they could eat. In fact, I gave a few of them to them so they would trust me. I said, now, you're going to have to trust me. I'm Uncle Kip. I'm not going to kill you here. So they ate some of these plants. But, but I could see in their eyes, Roger, that they were amazed that they had spent their entire life walking on top of food that was beneath their feet. In the same way today, many people, they read through their scriptures. I'm going to read this much. I'm going to read through this chapter. And they, they get in such a hurry that they completely miss the food that's right beneath their feet. So I say, when you read the word of God, don't get in a hurry. It doesn't matter how much you read, it's what you, yeah, what you can hold up in upstairs here. Because if you read it and, and you never apply what you learn, then it does you no good. But, but if you can learn about that certain plant, how, how, how it tastes good, and, and sometimes it does not taste good, but it's good for you. A lot of times you read the Word of God, it may taste bitter in, in your mouth, but, but when you swallow it, it will bring healing to your, your nation or your body. Are you with me so far? And in the same way, we've got to learn how to search the Scriptures. The Bible says, I think in 2 Timothy, to study and show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, Sunday night, you, you know, I came back exhausted and tired, and so I, when it was time for nighty night time, I was sleepy, and, and I fell into such a deep sleep, I can't tell you. But what had happened was, is that I had such a detailed dream. And, and I woke in the middle of the night. It, it was so detailed that I could not tell. W was that a dream or did that really happen? I mean, it was so clear to me that I was, I was just amazed at like, and I just sit there for a moment and say, did I dream that or did I actually live that? It was so clear, so vivid. But, but let me tell you what the dream was about. The dream was that, that I was living in a time when everybody around me was so sick, but there was one doctor, and that doctor had the prescription for life, and everybody was trying to get to this doctor because if they could get to the doctor and all he would have to do was write out the prescription, they would live. And, and, and that, that dream troubled me because I didn't know what God was trying to teach me, but then I realized that, that God was giving me a, a parable, a parable of, of basically of our text today. Because in our text, 
We, we find a prescriptions. We find prescriptions to help us to, to uh, overcome our obstacles, to, to win the victory against the devil. In our text today, we'll give you the power of understanding to overcome your own sin today. But, but, but don't just listen to what God is teaching us today. You're going to take this word of God and do what? And apply what it says. Otherwise, the pre prescription does you no good. Think about it like this. God's word is our prescription. And our doctor is named Jesus. And Jesus has simply prescribed for us the healing for our nation, our bodies, for our life, our spirit man. And he has given us his signature called the word of God. God says this. He said, I have set before you right here. I said before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life. Now, that's a good teacher. You know, a teacher say, all right, we're going to have an exam, and here's all the answers. Put these down for your answers, and you'll win. Well, that's what God's done. I used to go up to the teachers because they knew I was so dumb that, that when I come up, they're probably going, oh, no, here we go. And I'm like, I can't read this very good. And they're like, well, here's the answer. And I'm surprised. I go back, and I still miss it. So anyway, get back to our text. But, but I want you to see that, that in this dream, God was showing us the prescription to live, the prescription to be healthy, wise, and full of wisdom. Amen. But, but, but we got to understand that in the days of Jesus, the Pharisees, they thought they had all knowledge. They thought they had all wisdom. And so when Jesus came on the scene, they did not want to listen to the great physician. And so they rejected his word. And because they rejected his word, they perished in hell. Are you with me so far? Jewish people, God's chosen people, rejected the coming Messiah they rejected his words, and because they rejected it, they died. Listen to what Jesus said in John 5, 39 and 40. This is interesting. He says, you diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. He said, but these are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me and live. See what Jesus is saying? He's saying, man, you know all about the Word of God. You can probably quote the first five books of the Bible word for word, but you can't even recognize the Word of God standing right in front of you, me, the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is saying, before Abraham was, I am. I was there. Before, before I even made my appearance on this earth, I was in the heavens with the Father. Are you with me so far? And so through the Bible, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the only way. Come on, amen. The Bible teaches us that there's no other way to heaven but through him. Acts 4 and 12 says these words. Salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven 
given to men by which we must be saved. What did Jesus say? There's no other name. Muhammad is not the way. Allah is not the way. Hare Krishna or whatever other cult you can come up with is not the way. I heard that there's a cult down in East Texas. These, these women are trying to draw multitudes of people to them and saying that they are the way to heaven. And they were sent to bring in the 144,000. They are a cult. They're just trying to bring in the money. They're trying to get the land. And they're attacking not the young people, but they're attacking the old people. You know why? Because the old people have the most money and have the most land. And, and it's taking place all around us, but people are too blind. Second Corinthians 4 and 4, it says that the God of this world blinds the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So our Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And without him, there is no salvation. So my question to you, first of all, have you received Jesus Christ in your life today? Because listen, without Jesus, you have no hope. That's why I preach Jesus every week. What are you preaching about? Jesus. What else am I going to preach about? Jesus. That's, that's my job. I'm a Jesus preacher. Hallelujah. And so let's look at something. Peter begins like this in our text. This is the main key. The main key, he starts with this revelation. He says, his divine power. Everyone said, his divine power. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so in order to live and to walk in the godliness that God has called us to, we have to walk in, in the simplicity of what he is saying here, Peter. So the question is this. What is God's divine power? That's the question. Can anyone answer that? Okay, someone said his word. His love. Knowing him. I think all those answers are good, but that's not what we're looking for. His divine power. And let's break it down. First of all, when he says it's his divine power, that, that means you and I cannot ever produce it. I can't produce God's divine power because I don't have the capability of doing so. It's way beyond my strength. It's way beyond my imagination. It goes beyond that. It's way beyond anything that I can come up with. Anything I can try to do is because his divine power can only come from him. And when we, when we look at the word of God, we see that his divine power is what Jesus was talking about in Luke 24 and 49. He says, I'm going to send to you what my father has promised. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In other words, when, when the Bible says his divine power, he is talking about his Holy Spirit. Everybody say, God's divine power is his Holy Spirit. 
His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Luke 18 and 27, Jesus said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. You can't accomplish it. You can't do it. You can't even make it to heaven without God's divine power. In other words, until you have received the divine power from God, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because you are not his. God can recognize his by the seal on your life. Let me break it down for you. When we were younger and we went to those nightclubs and, and they put that invisible mark on her hand and the only way you could leave, you had to show them through the light. You can't see it until you put it under the, the light. When God saves us, when we put our faith in him, he seals us. Right now, if you're not saved, then you have a mark on your head. Six, six, six. But if you're saved, you got another mark. You're sealed. It's not in my notes, but, but let's quickly go to, to the book of Ephesians. I feel I need to read this. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's start in verse 13. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Listen to what it says next. And having believed... You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Come on, amen. In other words, God says, I'm going to present for you the gospel message. And once you hear it, and once you believe and put your faith in it, all of a sudden you receive the seal. Once you're saved, in other words, I'm going to seal you, become mine. Once God seals you, Understand that no one, nothing can snatch you from the Father's hand. In other words, it doesn't matter how bad you are from that point on, you are still a child of God. I failed you, God. I let you down, God. No, you don't understand. Your weakness is made perfect in my strength. Come on, anybody get excited about that but me? Hallelujah. That's awesome. So if it's called his divine power, it must come from God. 1 Corinthians 4 and 20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of what? Power. In other words, you got a lot of preachers blowing a lot of hot air, but they ain't got no power. You know why? Because they're preaching out of the flesh and not preaching out of the Holy Spirit. Big difference. First, Acts 1 8. Acts 1.8 says, but you, that's me and you, but you shall receive what? You shall receive dunamos, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon me, you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here's what you have to understand. When God says his divine power gives you everything you need, you need to understand right now, don't, don't miss this. This is the same Exact, not a different power, but the same exact power that was spoken, the word of God over Mary the virgin herself. And by faith, 
She heard the word of God. She believed the word of God. And by faith, the word of God was planted in her womb. Understand the word of God is a seed. And the seed must be what? Planted. In other words, I had the responsibility like a farmer up here. I'm planting seeds. I'm throwing out there. And I'm hoping that that seed is falling on good fertile soil because I want to see something produced. And so the Holy Spirit was spoken over her. Listen, listen. Luke 135, the King James Version. The angel answered and said unto her, Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. In other words, the birth of Christ, his hyperstatic union, his incarnation on this earth happened through the divine power and the divine word of God. It took power, it took the word, it took faith. Everybody says it takes faith. It takes the word, it takes God's power. Now, now these are the keys. These are the keys to the complete center. These are them that we're talking about. Because without these, we, we have no hope of having victory in our walk with God. You gotta have the word of God, you gotta have the power of God. Are you with me? you got to have the Holy Spirit of God. Because without these three, we have no chance in hell to win our fights day after day. you got to have the Holy Ghost. I know he's not called the Holy Ghost anymore. That sounds weird. You have to have the Holy Ghost. You have to have the Holy Word. Are you with me? you got to have the power, in other words, in order to be victorious. And so the word of God was received by faith and conceived by faith. What does Hebrews 11 and 1 says? Without faith. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Mary could not see the word of God. She could hear the word of God spoken but she could not see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. She heard the word. She had hope. She put her faith in what it said, and because she did, she can see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Has she seen baby Jesus? No. She's only heard about him. This holy, this holy thing that will be born of you will be called the Son of God. And you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Hallelujah. And so in the same way today in this church, if you're not saved, I'm sending forth the word of God. Now, your job is this. Your job is to sit here and be like that catcher and catch it. I may be a little on the outside of the strike zone, but, but if I can get it out there close enough to you, if you can reach it out with that old glove and catch it, listen, it can be yours. And so if you can catch the Word of God and you can believe the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit is right here. And he's saying right now, all you have to do is trust in what I'm saying to you and you too can have eternal life. Because... 
The Word, the divine Word of God, the divine power of God, the Holy Spirit, everything we need for life and godliness is right going on right now in this place called church. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, we know this. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, stop there. Who is Christ? He is the Word of God. Let's just, let's read it like this. Therefore, if any man is in the word of God, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We are saved through what? The gate. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, through the word, will be saved. They'll come in and go out and find pasture. We're going somewhere. Romans 10 and 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, the more I preach, the more your faith starts rising. That's why at the end of service, you're like, you're at the back of your seat. All of a sudden, you start sliding up. You start getting, and sometimes I see people on the very edge of their seat. And they're getting closer because the faith is rising. And, and sometimes I'm surprised when I see people dozing off. I'm thinking, what, what am I saying that people would fall asleep? Well, listen, if you're sleeping during service, you need to go to bed earlier at night. Or go to the coffee pot and get you some coffee, get you some java. Because, listen, you don't want to miss what God is teaching in the house. If you're sleepy, put it aside. Put your flesh aside and wake up. And hear what God is speaking to you. Jesus said in John 3, listen carefully. Chapter 3, 5 through 7. Jesus answered, I tell you the what? The truth. No one. Everybody said no one. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the spirit. When we were born, our mother's water broke. Born of water and then Born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to what? In other words, you cannot be saved by the flesh. Because flesh can only give birth to flesh. But Spirit gives birth to Spirit. It's only through what? The divine power of God. His divine power. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the only way that we can be saved. You should not be surprised at my saying that you must be born again. Why? Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because when we step the great divine, when we cross over that line, we're not crossing over as human beings. We're crossing over as spirits. God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, don't come to God with no bunch of crap. He don't want to hear it. You get real with God, and God will get real with you. Don't get fake with God. Don't get all holy. I, I hate when I hear people, when they, they pray, all of a sudden they change gears. They start changing their words, and they get all holy. I'm, I'm not just want to shut up. What are you doing? Just pray. Just talk to God. Have you ever been with someone who gets all holy when they pray? I'm like, Really? Like that's going to make it more sanctified. Man, you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. Just be thankful that you can come before him. 
Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of fleshly up here. But without the divine power of God today, listen to this. You and I cannot even comprehend the Word of God. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot understand the Word of God. That's why before you got saved and you opened up the Bible, you said, ooh, that's Greek to me, because it was. I remember I tried to read the Bible before I got saved, and I couldn't get nothing out of it. Not because I was just a poor reader, because I did not have what it takes to understand it. Let's look at something. Second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul says this. The man, the man or the woman, the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now look in 1 Corinthians 2.16, the second part. Paul says this, but, everybody say, but. But we have the mind of Christ. What? That means we have the capability through the divine nature, I mean the divine power of God to understand the word of God the way that he spoke it. People say, man, where do you get your messages from the divine power? Let me just say it like this. You cannot understand divine revelation without divine power. In other words, it'd be like you and I trying to read Hebrew. Have you ever saw Hebrew? It's, it's crazy. It looks crazy, and it's backwards. You know, we read right to left, but it's left to right. So, so it, it'd be like you trying to read Greek or Hebrew. I mean, right before, you couldn't read it because what? You don't have the knowledge. You don't have the understanding. But through the divine power of God, we have the revelation knowledge to get hold of the Word of God like nobody else can. In other words... It's not a, a diploma that makes you a great teacher of the Word of God or a great preacher of the Word of God. It's the great Holy Spirit that's living in a person that makes them able to preach. Hallelujah. And I thank God I got the divine power living in me today. Our text said His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. In other words, we have to understand what He's done what he's accomplished, where he's been, and everything that Jesus did. The more we know about Jesus, the more power we have. Because it's like, you know, this ointment don't work for this sickness, but this one does. So the more that you know about the Word of God, more you can dig into that medicine cabinet and find the exact remedy to what you're dealing with. In, in other words, if someone's dealing with with with, with Pornography, you know, you, you got to deal with the eyes and the heart. You know, pornography is not going to deal with the ears. Your ears don't care what you look at. Think about it. In other words, you got to use the right prescription for the right sickness. Some of you have anger issues. Come on, amen. And so you have to look at, at the prescriptions in the Bible that talks about how to deal with your anger. Because we all have certain sicknesses, and, and God has given us his prescription. Are you with me so far? Did you know that the word prescription, that's where we get the word precept? That's where that word is taken from. 
precept is taken from prescription. It's what God has given us. And so when Jesus says these words in 14 to 6 of John, he says, I am the way. So first of all, Christ is saying, I am part of the deity. I am part of the Trinity. I'm part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God manifested in three persons. And please don't try to make me explain that because it's beyond my understanding. And I'm not going to tell you it's like ice or water. No, no, no. It's beyond that. You know, see, God has left mysteries for us. Because more mysteries we have, the hungrier we get for that word. Like, man, I'm going to figure this out. No, you won't. (laughs) He wants you to, though, but you won't. You'll just keep digging because when we cross over, then our eyes will be open, and then we'll understand the way he understands. But right now, he just gives us a little bit, just a little bit, just to help us to keep going. And so he says in verse 4 that through these and through them, We may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by the evil desires. Y'all remember when we were kids in school, we had something called the fire drill. Y'all don't remember that. I love the fire drill. It was time to mess with the girls. Hey, what you doing, girl? Come on, amen. Go on, get in the line outside. The bell rings. Everybody gets in certain lines. And basically what God is saying, this, this is our escape plan. These verses here give us an escape. We're in a fire, basically. Our world right now is set on fire by hell itself, basically. Everywhere we go is corruption, defilement, perversion. You name it, it's out there. And right now, God is saying, listen, by his divine nature, by his divine power, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness so that we can escape the corruption in the world caused by its evil desires. Come on, amen. We've got everything we need. So we've we're, we're, we got a fire drill that we're, we're learning how to escape this, this, this fire that's on our tail. Amen? But notice in verse 4, it's built around this. It's built around his promises. This is very important. Denise, write these down. I'm going to give you six things that he's promised us. In other words, when God has promised you something... It's your responsibility to go back and look at his promises because how will you remember how to escape if you don't have the power, the word of God, to use it to escape? It's like you got to have a door, don't you, Don? I mean, you can't escape this building until you find the door. The house is on fire. Where's the door? Well, you know where it is. There and there. In the same way, God is saying, listen, my promises are like a doorway to escape. And so when the fire gets hot, what do you do? You run to the door. Who's the door? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the door. I'm the gate. We run to Christ. Listen to here. Number one, we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. That's one of our promises, that I am a child of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 God made him who had no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Number two, God shall supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, who is the provider? God. He's Jehovah Jireh. 
It was God who said, I know what, I'll give you a place to live. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to stay? I got that taken care of. You know why? Because I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm the way maker. And God will reveal himself to you. How did I get this car? How did I get this? God provided it. Number three, he has given us all the grace we need to survive and live on. You have all the grace you ever need right now. Second Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Number four. Through the life of Jesus, we have the power to be healed. Right now, I have five people on my prayer board that are dealing with cancer. It's almost overwhelming. And every day I'm looking at these names and I'm, I'm praying, but you know, I'm not just praying. I'm trusting the word of God of what I see. In fact, if you looked at my prayer board, you see a big C with an X through it. And I said, die. In the name of Jesus, cancer, I command you to die. Take your filthy hands off of God's property. Have y'all noticed that? Second, First uh, Peter two and twenty four. He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. For by his stripes, his wounds, we are. We are. We are. Yeah, we are. Now, the doctor says you're going to die. The word says you are healed. I got to choose life. I don't care the results. I don't care what they're saying. I'm still going to trust their living. Y'all remember Phil who passed away? Phil drove me crazy. I loved him, but he keeps coming to me every day. All right, this is my funeral arrangements. This is how I want you to do my funeral. This is, I'm like, shut up, Phil. No, don't tell me about your funeral arrangements. I want to talk about life. You're here right now. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. But right now, we have a chance. But you see, he would not let it go. He chose to die. So he had to die. I don't care. I choose to live. I don't care what the doctor says, Roger. I choose life. I might have one foot in the coffin. I choose life. It's just the way I feel inside. Number five, we already have eternal life inside of us. Already. Right now inside of you, you have eternal life. Not eternal death, the opposite, eternal life. Jesus said in John 10, 27, 10, 27, and 30 of John, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What is Jesus saying? Listen, I'm life. And you have the power to tap into it for eternity. Choose it. Make the choice to live. Whatever you're dealing with, choose that over whatever's against you. Number six, 
We have already won the battle because the battle is the Lord's. Y'all know this verse. Isaiah 54 and 17, I think the King James says, No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against us in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the service of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Romans 8 and 31, Paul said, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who's on your side today? God or the devil? I choose life. I choose God. I don't want the devil on my side. I, I, I danced with him for years. And all he did was bring me pain and destruction. And so through these promises, his word, his divine power, his Holy Spirit, we can participate. Can I finish this today? I'm sorry if I hold you a little long, but I, I want to get through this. We, through his word, through his power, we can participate in this, something called the divine nature. What is that? What is the divine nature of God? Of course, we all heard about the sinful nature. That's all we hear about. I'm guilty. Most preachers are always talking about our, our sinful nature. Oh, your sinful nature. But what about the divine nature? That, that's something that we, we never even tap into. Now, understand that this divine nature is what Jesus walked in on this earth. He walked in the divine nature, and that means when you walk into the divine nature of God, you walk on top of the laws of this world. Think about it like this. When Jesus walked on water, he walked on top of the law of gravitational pull. In other words, when you and I walk in the divine nature of God, we can walk above sin and death. Let's look at something. Romans 8 and 2. Paul said, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, who, spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. He has given us power to walk on top of our sins. When that sin comes, that temptation, what do you do? Just walk over it. Just keep walking on top of it. But, but I'm tempted, so was Jesus. He was tempted in every way, yet, like us, yet was without sin. Why? Because he was walking in the divine power, in the divine nature, in the divine word of God. See what he was walking in? That's what made Jesus perfect. Not only was he the son of God, but he was also a son of man. In other words, everything you feel, he felt it. But he did not allow that sinful nature to come in and take camp. In other words, he said, no, 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 no. I'm tempted, but I choose to walk right on top of it. And so what did he do? He came to Peter, walking on the water. Everybody's like, it's a ghost. Peter's like, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, well, come on. And Jesus at that point he stepped out of the boat and got on top of the law. And he began to walk on the water above the situation, the storms of life. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at the storms, what happened? 
That, that's the problem. When you start walking on the water, don't look at nothing but Jesus. Because once you look at the sickness, cancer, you start sinking. That's why, that's why sometimes when I look at the board and I see those names, all of a sudden I start to sink because I get my eyes off the cross. So if you go to the very center of my prayer board, there's a cross. And under that cross is the eye. I call it the eye of God. I, he's watching me. He's watching what I'm looking. I'm focused on the cross. I'm focused on the word of God. I'm focused on the victory. I'm focused on what belongs to me. I'm focused on the power. I'm focused on everything, but that is against me. Because through Christ, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So you and I are called to walk in the divine nature of God. Because through them, through the word, through the knowledge, we can escape. And so in a nutshell, when Solomon said this, let's go way back. Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, y'all know this. Trust in the Lord. Trust in who? Who's the Lord? The Word of God. Trust in His power, His wisdom, His knowledge, His faithfulness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. He will direct your paths. In all, don't let your old sinful nature control your thinking. Because here... Your old nature says this to you. You are nothing but an old, rotten sinner. You're worthless. You deserve hell, Roger. Oh, come on, amen. You deserve hell, Kristen. Yes, I do. But see, I, I'm not walking in the, the sinful nature because that's what the sinful nature, because in my heart, in my mind, the Holy Spirit said, let, let me tell you something, devil. I belong to Christ. I wear the robes of righteousness. I was bought with the price. I am not my own. Come on, amen. I belong to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and because him, he has written my name on the Lamb's book of life that no one can erase. I wear the robes of righteousness in the eyes of God. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm set apart from sinners. I am made a new creation. I'm not who I look at in the mirror. I'm a different person. And I can spit pretty good up here. Hallelujah. Spit's just flying. That's you know when a preacher starts preaching, you get a spit starts flying and sweat. <laughs> That's how I can get you baptized. <laughs> here we go. Your nature, your old nature will condemn you every day. Every day you wake up, your old nature is ready to condemn you. You loser. Come on, amen. You can't get a girl because you're a loser. You can't win because you're a loser. Hallelujah. But you see, I'm not listening to the devil. I'm not listening to my flesh. I'm listening to that divine power inside of me, the divine nature that says I'm a winner in Jesus Christ. And I don't look at sickness the same. I don't look at death the same. I look at it through the eyes of the word of God that says be healed. God says I set before you life and death, blessings and curses now. Choose life. Romans 5 and 1, this is where I close. Maybe. 
Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Listen carefully. May God himself sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Let's read that together. Verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will, read it with me. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Who does it? You are God. Whose strength wins the battle, yours or his? Who has overcame all sickness, death, hell, and the grave? Christ Jesus. If we can just get our eyes off the storm, we can walk on the water today. Walk in the power of God. I can promise you every Sunday I have to, get a cho- I have to make a choice. Am I going to choose me or am I going to choose the Holy Spirit of God? Because if I choose me before I preach, we're all in trouble. We might as well go ahead and go out for lunch because it's not going to happen. But when I make that choice, I say my little prayer. I say, God, I'm leaning not to my own understanding, but I'm trusting you. And I know that maybe the first few steps I'll be stumbling until I get into the step of the Holy Spirit. And the moment I get in the step of the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? The flesh begins to fall off. You know how we feel when we get on stage? We're nervous. Oh, I might forget my whatever, my notes. And all of a sudden, you hit the first few notes, it may be a little shaky, and all of a sudden, man, it all comes together. That's the Spirit right there. That's something that the world has not tapped into. They have gifts, but they don't know how to use them because they're using them for the wrong enemy. But you and I, we were gifted. We were purposed by God, called by God to accomplish His will. You were called, you were called, you were called. You were called not only to be saved, you were set apart by God to be here today. You can call me a liar, that's okay. I've been called it my whole life. But I'm telling you right now, you're here because God called you to be here. You're still alive because he said you can live. But how you leave is your choice. How you leave is your choice. How you leave is You can leave the same way you came today. Or you can choose life and choose the word of God. Choose his power and walk in everything that belongs to you, Savannah. And you can say, you know what? I can do what God called me to do because your problem is you. Or you, you didn't hear that. Your problem is you. Until you lay you on the cross, you can't win. You can't have the victory that you really see yourself. To. You have vision. God has given you visions to do great things in the kingdom of God, but it will never happen until you say, you know what? I got to lay down myself.
And once I lay it down and I surrender, everybody, we, we should just, I'm telling you, we need to get a flagpole and put it on that corner and put a white flag on it. And every Sunday we come in and someone's job, what's your job? I raised a flag. And every Sunday we raise the white flag. That means we surrender. Maybe put a fan on it. Come on, amen. So we walk in and Leland and there's our flag and what we say, what does that mean? That means we surrender because we can't do it without it. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. So next week, next week we're going to add to our faith. Add to our faith. That's what next week's all about. I hadn't even got to it yet, but I know that's where we're going. Next week, we're going to start adding to the recipe. This morning, I'll give you an opportunity right now. I give you the opportunity to change. I give you the opportunity to live I know the Holy Spirit is whispering in your ear this morning, please choose life. If you want to live this morning, if you want to be saved, if you want to change your life forever, and you have made a decision, you know what, I'm going to trust God now. I've trusted my whole life and I missed it all up. Now I'm going to let God take care of business. That's what He's good at. If you want to make God your Savior Jesus Christ, His Son, your Savior of the world, if you want to make that choice, then I ask you, please, don't stay in your seat, but get up, make your way down right here, and I'll pray with you, and we'll say a prayer of faith. And I can promise you, just like we read in Ephesians, He will seal you, and you will be saved for eternity. You may need prayer. I feel that someone today is feeling very thankful inside. And I want to say thank you for that because a lot of times we, we're not thankful enough. But I feel somebody is, is feeling very thankful for this church. I, I feel that someone's thankful even for me, a simple preacher. And I say thank you because I'm thankful for you being here. And I feel in my spirit that, that, that someone has been hurting inside but right now they're beginning to see the light of life and they're saying, you know what? I can get through this storm right now because if God be for me, who can be against me? I know the Word of God said, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us from them all. Lord, I speak life over my brother in the very back right there. Lord, he has been struggling with a certain situation. He shared a little bit with me. But right now, Lord, your word says that if you open the door, no man can shut it. And Lord, if it's your will, not my will, not his will, but if it's your will, Lord, open up that doorway for him to find that individual that he's longing for. You say in your word, oh God, you give us the desires of our heart. Please, Father. Show him favor this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak life over Linda today. I don't know where she is, Lord, but I pray blessings over her today. Maybe her knees or hip are hurting right now, but in the name of Jesus, I speak life over her storm. Lord, go with our friends today. Go with our families today and walk with us 
and, and give me a word for next week. I can't wait to hear what you have. We praise you now in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen and amen. You guys have a blessed week.